guys sang a song earlier about the Lord being a miracle working God. I'm so thankful for the power of God that we can experience every day. I know God to be a miracle worker in my life, not only as my Savior, but He has been a healer to my body. And tonight, if you are in this place, God wants to move in your life. He wants to meet you right, right where you're at. Whatever you came here needing, God wants to meet you there. The Word of God says in Psalms, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Whatever you came in here tonight needing, He is your answer. And I encourage you to open your heart to the Lord as the word goes forth. I believe God wants to meet you here and perform miracles in this place tonight. Does anybody agree and believe? All it takes is two to believe. Amen? Let's believe God to meet us here and for miracles to take place tonight. In Jesus' name. Sister Cox, that word of encouragement in that one. I kind of feel that Sister Cox has got the better end of the deal because while her husband was away working, ministering on, in the men's camp, like that. <laughs> she was relaxing in a hotel in Darling Harbour. Exactly. <laughs> so I think, I think you got the dishes duty when you get back home. But, um, you know, I'm excited to hear the um, word of God from Mother Cox here today. He, um, I've been listening to a number of his podcasts uh, throughout the week, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear what he has to say to our church. So I want to make you welcome. Come to our church. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Will we just stand one more time and lift our hands and our voices to the heavens and just give God praise in this house one more time? Did you forget about everything else? Just forget about everything else. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your hearts right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. 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 Yes, Blessed be your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let me just say this very quickly. I want to give honor to your pastor, his wife, the first lady of this church. Amen. It's truly an honor and a privilege for my wife and I to be here tonight, worshiping the Lord with you, exalting his name together. It was Friday morning when Brother Hayden picked me up from the hotel and was about to drive me out to the campground. And it was then that he spoke to me and told me that this service had opened up the invitation had been given. It was just almost immediately after that that I felt the Holy Ghost speak to me concerning the word of the Lord that he would
would have you to deliver this evening. I know exactly what you came expecting, but I need to do and speak what thus saith the Lord. Amen. I need to preach what I feel so strongly impressed upon my heart. There's a, there's a depth of God's presence in this room right now. You feel that? Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many is going to allow the word of the Lord to speak to your heart? More importantly, how many are going to respond to the word of the Lord? Come on, sincerely and honestly, you're, you're going to respond to the word of the Lord tonight. Oh, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. God is very plain concerning its request of you and I. For the word says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 7. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Somebody say holiness. Holiness. So we plainly see that God is calling us all to a plain, to a to a place of holiness. Now, it's it's not my intention nor is it my place tonight to, to deal with the practical areas of holiness. That's why God is giving you a pastor. But I do feel strongly impressed to deal with the most important principle of holiness. For I want to share with you this evening concerning the holiness of God. The holiness of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And it is the will of God before this service is out tonight. The holiness of God is going to descend on this room. I said the holiness of God is going to descend upon this room. And I believe somebody is going to be forever changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. One more time, if you believe that, just say amen. When it comes to this topic, when it comes to this topic of holiness, the greatest revelation that we need has, has nothing to do with our own personal holiness, even though that is necessary and even though that is a biblical thing. But the most important revelation that we need to get concerning this principle is the holiness of God. For the Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 15. The word of the Lord says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Yes. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Yes. This lets us know tonight that the level of holiness, our level of holiness, is directly tied into our understanding of God's holiness. Amen. Does that make sense tonight? Yes. For he said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Because God is holy, we are supposed to be holy. So therefore, the more we understand his holiness, the more understanding we'll have Concerning our own personal holiness. 
And if we miss that principle tonight, we have missed everything. And we will struggle with holiness for the rest of our lives. If we do not ever get the genuine revelation of just how holy God really is, then we will struggle with separating ourselves from this world our entire lives. Please hear me tonight. We do not live holy so we can escape hell. We live holy because God is holy. Amen. And we are striving to be like Him. We do not live holy just so judgment won't be poured out upon our lives. We live holy because God is holy. And we want to be pleasing in His sight. Oh, hallelujah. But hear me now. The thing that makes sin wrong is not how it negatively affects our lives. That's not what makes sin wrong. The thing that makes sin wrong is the holiness of God. We've got to get this tonight. The thing that makes something wrong is the fact that there is something that is right. For without there being something right, there could never be anything that was wrong. Oh, hallelujah. And the Bible says in Psalms 19 and verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The statutes of the Lord are right. And that's what makes everything else wrong that does not live up to the standard of God's holiness. In Hebrews 4.15, the Lord is described as being without sin. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 22, he's described as one who has committed no sin. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, he's referred to as him in whom or who had no sin. In 1 John 3 and 5, it says, in him is no sin. God is absolutely free from any moral darkness or evil at all. So God is the pinnacle of moral purity. So when we are disobedient to, to the word of God, it's not the consequence of that sin that makes sin wrong. What makes it wrong is that we are sinning against the God who is so ultimately pure and ultimately holy. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So let me ask us all the question this evening. When we sin, are we more concerned about how that sin is going to affect us? Or are we more concerned with how that sin is going to affect God? For we will never be able to live a life of biblical holiness until we see our sin as being in total opposition to the holy God of Israel. Oh, hallelujah. For all sin is against God. 
Because it is his law that has been broken. Is this okay tonight? Amen. Yeah. Our sin is against God because it is his authority that is being despised when we sin. Our sin is against God because it is his love that we are trampling on when we sin. Somewhere along the way, the psalmist David received this revelation. For he said in Psalms chapter 51 and verse 4, Against thee and thee only have I sinned. So every lustful thought is against God. Every prideful word is against God. Every jealous action is against God. Every single sin is against God. And if we're not careful, saints of the Lord, we can become so accustomed to our sin that they no longer bother us. Yes. But they are a smack in the face of the Holy One. So to please God, we must live a life of holiness. But in order to live holy, we must first pursue after a revelation of his holiness because it is impossible to be holy unless you get a revelation of just how holy he really is. That's right. For a genuine, a genuine revelation of God's holiness will dictate how we live. A genuine revelation of how holy he is will dictate how we look and how we carry out our lives. Therefore, a revelation of his holiness should be the greatest pursuit of our Christian walk. I want to know him. I want to get a revelation of just how holy God really is. That needs to be our heart's cry. That needs to be something that is within us, a passion within us to know just how holy God really is. Oh, hallelujah. Because here's the thing. We will never become more holy simply because we work harder at it. We will never become more holy just because we make our, a decision in our life, I want to become more holy today. That's not what's going to make us more holy. We will only become more holy when our revelation of God's holiness increases. Yes. Mm. The reason why some people struggle in this area of holiness is because they've never gotten a real revelation of just how Holy God is. When people fight against the biblical teachings of the pastor as it relates to separation and holiness, it's only because they have yet to truly appreciate just how holy God really is. When we're constantly trying to see how close we can live like the world and act like the world, that is a sure sign that we have yet to receive a revelation of just how holy God really is. And the Lord spoke to me if I ever heard him. The Lord spoke to me and told me that it is his will to release a revelation of holiness into this house tonight. Not a bunch of rules and regulations, but a revelation of just how holy God is. Come on, somebody lift your hand. 
hands right now and praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. No, no, no. Let's do this now. Lift your hands and lift your voice. Come on. Lift your voice and let's begin to praise. Let's begin to ask God to speak to us through his word. Come on, for longer than just five seconds. Come on, let's go. Jesus, I need a revelation of you right now. God, I want you to speak to me from your word tonight. God, I want my heart to be open to you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I need some saints that would be sensitive to the Holy Ghost in this room. I need some saints that would be sensitive to, 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 to be praying quietly and under the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. I quickly turn your attention to a story in Scripture where a man experiences the holiness of God. And it changes his life forever. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain or two, he covered his face. And with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he did fly. And so here we find the angels of the Lord in heaven. They are sinless beings. They are morally pure creations of God. And they were created with two wings to shield their eyes from seeing directly into the holiness of God's glory. His glory was so great. His holiness was so great. His purity was so great that the angels of the Lord that were in his presence literally had to cover their eyes because his holiness was so powerful. His holiness was so great that even the angels in heaven could not look upon it. And they had two other wings as well. And those other wings, the purpose of those two other wings uh, was to cover their feet in the presence of a holy God. Our feet are symbolic uh, of the direction of our life. Our feet symbolize the paths uh, that we take. Our feet symbolize the roads that we go down. Our feet represent the decisions that we make in this sinful world. And oh, how many times uh, that I've walked down paths that I never should have walked down. How many times I've went down roads and entered into things that I never should have entered into. And then I just entered into the presence of a holy God. How many times my steps have led me to a place that I never should have been. How many times I've made decisions that I should have never made. And with those stains upon my life, I have entered into the presence of a holy God. With the filth of this world upon my feet, I thought it could be nothing to enter into a presence of the God that is so holy. Yes. Unashamed of our sin. 
unapologetic of our failures, unmoved by the iniquity that is rampant in our lives to the point where we can walk in and out of a service where we can walk in and out of a service where the Holy God is where the Holy God is moving where the Holy God is at work but it's no big deal to us we can come in and sit on the back row and act like this is no big deal or on the front row or wherever it is and think this is all just a big game and the reality is the holiness of God is in this room a God that is so holy is permeating these altars and permeating these pews and permeating these chairs and oh how wrong it is for us to just come flippantly into the house of the Lord with all of the sin that is upon us and not feel convicted at all not feel ashamed at all the dirt of my sin staining his mere presence as I brazenly act like everything is fine. The angels understood. The angels understood. The angels understood. And it caused them to cover their eyes. And it caused them to cover their feet. And so the Spirit's question to us and to this church tonight is this. What are we allowing the blood of Jesus Christ to cover in our lives? Because we understand how holy God is. How are we allowing the holiness of God to change us and alter us and cover our wrong? For biblical holiness is, isn't just about obeying a bunch of rules. It is understanding. And it is having an understanding of God's holiness. Bringing about a change in how we live. Yes, amen. Holiness isn't just following after a list of things that you can or cannot do. Now the Bible is filled with things. And your pastor preaches and teaches them. And it's all true and it's all right. But, it, but it's, it's more than just a list. Am I making sense now? Yeah. It's more than just a list that we check and check and I do this and I don't do this and I do this and I don't do this. No, no, no. Holiness, holiness is seeking after a revelation of his righteousness. Seeking after a revelation of his holiness and allowing that revelation to change how I live and allowing that revelation to change how I talk and allowing that revelation to change the attitude of my life. Amen. Oh. See, when you get a revelation of God's holiness, nobody will have to force you to live holy. Amen. When you get a real revelation of God's holiness, nobody will have to come to you time and time and time again and say, come on, you're not doing right. Come on, that's not what God wants. Come on, that's not what holiness looks like. Come on, that's not what separation looks like. Because when you see him high and lifted up, when you see him for who he is, when you see how holy he is, you want to be like him. You want to get as far away from the world as you can. You don't want to live like the world. You don't want to talk like the world. You don't want to dress like the world. Why? Because I've got a revelation. I've got a revelation of who God is. 
Uh, it's already beginning to fall in this room. The holiness of God is descending upon us now. As we continue, uh, you feel it now. As we continue reading of Isaiah's encounter, we read this. He's already talked to us about the angels and the wings and covering of the eyes and covering of the feet. And then he says this in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 3. And one angel, what he's talking about, one angel, cried unto the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Amen. And then the other angel would pick it up and cry back and say, Holy, holy, holy. There are only a handful of occasions that the Bible repeats something three times. For to say something three times was to show that it was a matter of extreme importance. And here we find the angels of the Lord declaring God to be holy, holy, holy. Out of all of the characteristics, out of all of the attributes of God, stay with me. None of them were spoken of in the manner of, of extreme importance like this. For the Bible tells us that God is love. But nowhere does it say that God is love, love, love. But when it comes to his holiness, the Lord wanted to make sure that we realize how extremely important us knowing how holy he really is. So when it came time to talk about it, when it came time to declare it, said he's not just holy but he is holy 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 the most important attribute that God wants us to come into grips with is his holiness the thing about him that he wants us to know most about him is his holiness the angels cover their eyes the angels cover their feet and they open their mouth to speak and all they could say night and day and day and night was holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty and they would sing it again holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty holy 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 Holy, holy, holy. You are holy, God. You are holy, God. You are holy, God. Hallelujah. It is God's will. It is God's will 
to reveal himself to somebody in this room like you've never seen him before. It is the will of God for somebody to be so overcome by God's holiness that all you can do is lift your voice and cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I gotta be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. I don't know you. I don't know this church. I don't, I don't know anything that's going on. Just met your pastor a few minutes ago. The children of Israel, as they're marching their way into the promised land, they came to a certain place, and that's where they stopped. Because the enemy defeated them in battle. Want to know why the enemy defeated them in battle? Because there was sin in the camp. Someone had done what God had told them not to. Someone had lost sight of the holiness of God. And because they didn't recognize him for being holy, they felt like they could just do whatever they want, even if it was contrary to what God wanted them and told them to do. He I, I gotta say it. Under the fear of the Lord, under the fear of God right now, there's sin in the camp. There's sin in the church. And you're never gonna be able to progress. You're never gonna be able to move forward. You're never going to be able to walk in the fullness of God's promise for you as an individual or for you as a church. If you do not get a revelation of the holiness of God, which in turn will allow you to turn from the wickedness and the sin that is currently enveloping your life. Mm. You come to the house of God and you pretend like everything's good. You come to the house of God and you act like everything is fine. But the reality is somewhere along the line, you have got away from a knowledge of God's holiness. And because of that, it has allowed you to go down some roads you shouldn't be going down. And it is causing you to do some things that you should not be doing. And you are hindering the progress of this church. I'm normally not so bold when I'm outside of my own pulpit. And I pastor, if I get wrong at any point, he's shut me down. 
But I, I would never say that in a million years if I did not feel it so strongly impressed upon me. The Lord sent me here today. The Lord sent me here today because it is his will to move this church forward. Do you hear me? I said it's the will of God for revival to be released in this church. It is the will of God to progress you and move you forward in the things of God. It is the will of God to propel you into dimensions of apostolic power and apostolic revival like you've never dreamed before. But I'm here to tell you something. You're going to have to get a revelation of God's holiness. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now. I don't want you looking at this person and thinking, well, is it that one or this one or that one or this one? I don't know who it is. But what I, want, what I know is God is speaking to the person that it is or the persons that it is right now. And what I'm asking you to do is listen. Listen to the voice of God and be obedient to the voice of God and humble yourself and get a revelation of the holiness of God and let his holiness persist in you at a place at an altar of repentance and get your heart right before God and so that you then can be clean and pure and holy and then march into the future and the dimension of God's power like you've never dreamed of before. Stand to your feet right now. Please, please. If you would, if you would be so kind. I'm just going to ask right now. I'm going to ask everybody right now, if you would, to close your eyes and lift your hands. I know this might not be what you have expected tonight. Some of this isn't even what I expected tonight. Trust me when I tell you, I feel so burdened under the Holy Ghost. I wonder who in this room would lift your hands and close your eyes and open your mouth and you would begin to have a revelation of the holiness of God. It's going, to be, it's going to be something deep. It's not going to be shallow. And that's totally fine. You might find yourself groaning in the presence of the Lord. Words that cannot be uttered. That's fine. Find yourself slipping into intercessory prayer. That's fine. It's, it's deep calling unto deep right now. This isn't anything superficial. This isn't anything shallow. God desires to move you forward. God desires to move you forward. But there's some things that we've got hidden in our tents and hidden in our house. And the reason we have them is because we've lost sight of his holiness. But he's sitting to tell you, I want to give you a revelation of my holiness. So you can clean some stuff up so you can get some stuff right because when you do I'm going to be able to open a door into a dimension of the supernatural like you've never walked in before and a dimension of revival like you've never walked in before and you're going to be able to walk in the promised land of his blessing like you've never been able to walk in before but it's incumbent upon the church to get a revelation of his holiness There it is. 
I, I want you to forget about who's beside you. I want you to act like you're the only person in this room. If you feel like weeping, weep, cry, cry. Cry out to God, cry out to God. If you want to come to this altar, come to this altar. If you want to fall on your face, fall on your face. Whatever you need to do. Oh, <laughs> 